Welcome to the Medicare Meetup. I'm Meg Kepke, and I'm joined by my colleague and co-host, Melissa Cohen. This podcast is brought to you by Arrera Health Group, where Melissa and I are building a mission-driven policy, strategy, and operations practice devoted to making Medicare better. As part of our Listen As We Launch effort, we're meeting with people we know and trust in the field and sharing those conversations with you. Some of the voices will be familiar, but we also hope a few will be new to you. Tune in weekly for fresh content and be sure to tell us what you think. On today's show, Melissa interviews Sachin Jain, physician and CEO of Scan Health Plan. Melissa, I'm excited to be meeting the man responsible for recruiting you to the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation. What are you hoping for in this interview? A lot of things, uh, but I am going to start by asking him about his recent article in Forbes entitled, Death by Pilot, based on his experiences as a clinician. It really struck a chord with me. I am eager to hear more about that, too. I have a confession. I have a fondness for piloting. When I moved um, earlier in my career from one massive health system to another, the new organization had a lot of experience with lean methodology in making improvement in healthcare. And I was floored at the speed and agility with which this new organization just got out there and tried new things. I think something about their training, the scale and the discipline of it, the shared language that they had to construct and execute rapid tests of change, to measure what kind of effort did it take, what barriers did they run into, and then to iterate on that feedback. It, it was really energizing. Based on this article, I think Sachin may have had some different experiences. <laughs> Clearly, yes. It sounds like Sachin cautions the darker side of piloting. And as I, I consider myself a student of change, and given that we need a whole lot more of it in healthcare, I'm eager to hear how Sachin and his team are at SCAN are approaching new ideas. Definitely. Sachin's list of accomplishments is quite long, uh, so I'm going to take the short version of his bio. Uh, Sachin Jain, MD, MBA, is the president and CEO of SCAN Group and Health Plan. Prior to that, Sachin was CEO of Caremore and Aspire Health, innovative healthcare companies where he led expansion to 32 states and built programs to address loneliness, deliver hospital and primary care at home, and address the clinical needs of the highest risk, highest need patients. Sachin was previously Chief Medical Information and Innovation Officer at Merck and an attending physician at the Boston VA. From 2009 to 2011, Sachin was Senior Advisor to CMS Acting Administrator Don Berwick. Sachin, welcome to the Medicare Meetup. Thank you very much. Great to be here. I, I love the fact that you have a Medicare Meetup. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. So let's get into it. You have a long and storied career in healthcare, but I am going to start at the very beginning. You recently wrote something for Forbes about your time in residency and the healthcare industry's proclivity towards death by pilot. Can you talk about that experience and how that informs the work you do today? Yeah, I mean, I think um, any any of us who've tried to change the healthcare system have had this experience being very enthusiastic about an idea, going to see the person or people that you think are in charge, and being met with the response, oh, that's a great idea. You should do a pilot. And, <laughs> you know, it'll often be something that is so common sense that I use this tongue-in-cheek term, radical common sense, that you know, the idea of kind of doing a pilot, collecting data, 
proving it out and proving it out in a different population and proving it out in a different population, many of us find very exhausting. And I, mm -hmm. I give a lot of credit to the people who've committed their careers to this type of work and work style. But ultimately, I'm far too impatient to work like that. And I frankly, over time, have learned that this is oftentimes a nice way of saying no uh, to people. I've also learned that it's a great way to delay progress. Um, and it almost creates this funny survival of the fittest for um, people who work within the healthcare industry. If you want to be somebody who changes healthcare, you have to get comfortable with slow, incremental, you know, pilot-based innovation. And we, and we use this word innovation so much in our industry, when in fact, there are a certain set of things for which we already have enough data and conviction about what we should be doing that we're not you know, necessarily holding ourselves accountable for actually doing them and doing them at scale. So I think we can, there's a better way. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. what I'm kind of staking this phase of my career on, which is saying no when you mean no and saying yes when you mean yes and being unambiguous about it um, so that you can actually make some progress. Um, so again, you know, pilots are, are, are wonderful in the right settings, but I do think of pilot as being more of a four-letter word in healthcare <laughs> than a five-letter word, which is, which is what it is. So. so how do you balance that need for measurement and evaluation with clearly overthinking and overengineering? So, you know, certainly not somebody who would argue against measurement, you know, refining an idea, iterating on an idea. I'm more talking about kind of the framework in which we make decisions, which mm -hmm. is one right now that is highly consensus-based, highly skeptical to start with, as opposed to starting with an orientation that is much more towards yes to start with. And you know, being committed to scaling things from the outset, provided they meet certain you know, kind of performance standards, um, as opposed to doing what we do right now, which is we, we stare at the data, we create poster presentations that are presented at meetings that we give a lot of importance to that may not actually be that important. And then, you know, kind of talk ourselves into progress as opposed to just doing. And you have a lot of experience at different types of organizations where I'm sure that you've been testing these frameworks. You just came from a provider organization that was uh, focused in the managed care space, and now you are leading a managed care organization. So what are some of the biggest differences you see between the provider versus the plan side? Are the goals different? Are the things that you get to say yes to different? So I think the biggest difference is the reality check uh, against what's actually like practical in an exam room. I think oftentimes, you know, people who are close to clinical care mm -hmm. are able to do a certain kind of sanity check around whether an idea really is going to work in practice or is going to move the needle in practice. I think oftentimes when you're in managed care or in, on the corporate side of, of care delivery, it's very easy to sit on the seventh floor of a big office building, you know, stare out at the world and say, you know, this new app that we're you know, implementing is going to, you know, fundamentally transform the care experience. Uh -huh. um, you, and I, you and I worked <laughs> at, at a company um, previously that shall go unnamed um, that you know, where, where like they were making claims about apps that, you know, and their, their impact on patients and patient care that were far removed from the actual reality of what was actually happening with patients, right? And so 
again, I think it's very easy to get caught up in the hype cycle when you're not close to care delivery. And so mm-hmm. the number one piece of advice I give to people who are working in managed care, especially as they're getting their career started, is to spend some time in exam rooms, go do some mm-hmm. home visits with some nurse case managers, round in a hospital and see what that's like. It's one of the reasons why I continue to practice medicine ever so rarely at the West Los Angeles you know, VA here in, in LA. It's, it's because it's very easy for me as someone who's trained as an intern and has practiced medicine for a number of years to still get lost and lose sight of what actually works with you know, real patients in the real world. That makes a lot of sense to me. When I think about what success is in managed care, you hear a lot about stars. You hear a lot about revenue optimization, but that is not what I hear you saying. So when you're talking about what works, what success is, what is success to you at SCAN? Yeah, I think one of the most deceptive metrics in managed care is the MLR. You hear people talking about you know, we were able to lower the MLR at 67%. And an MLR is the, yes, you do. <laughs> you know, is the medical cost over the revenue. And people ignore the fact that you can actually move the revenue number up while mm-hmm. holding the medical cost fixed. And this is one of my favorite points to make because it's something I got lost in. When you, when you meet some of the executives from some of the big, you know, prominent risk-based medical groups, mm-hmm. they cite these very fancy MLR numbers, not necessarily acknowledging that maybe there's more movement on revenue than there is a true total cost of care and true medical utilization. Yep. And so, you know, I think the things that matter to me are, did, did we delay progression of chronic disease? Did we keep patients out of the hospital? And if you do those things, you know, those things will show up in the metrics. But I do think that one of the big challenges we have as an industry is that we've become far more revenue focused and the stars, you know, don't get confused about it. Stars is tied to revenue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tied to performance, but it's also tied to revenue. We can there's there's taking pay for performance too far, and there's also kind of payment for non-performance in our industry. And you know, for, for the Medicare Advantage movement to persist, we need to have an ethical, you know, Medicare Advantage industry, one that's grounded in doing the right thing, one that's grounded in getting paid fairly, not more, not less, fairly. And again, I think the thing I'm thinking about is is when I'm a Medicare beneficiary in 25 or 30 years, we want a system that's still here and done a really good job. And, you know, at the rate that we're going right now, you know, there are some real risks to whether the system as we know it will persist because I think too many are seeing a grab bag of profit opportunity as Mm -hmm. opposed to seeing opportunities to truly pull cost out of the system. So what is something that you recently said yes to Harkening back to that first question that gets at attacking some of these issues. So the thing I'm most excited about is actually a a new effort that we're doing, which is to um, try to use the principles of managed care uh, to address the needs of the homeless seniors population, of which, you know, there's a, it's the fastest growing segment of by age of uh, individuals experiencing homelessness. And um, we're looking at potentially building a risk-based medical you know, that's going to operate, you know, some, some like, like a Caremore, Aspire, or Landmark for people experiencing homelessness, partnering with existing medical groups to wrap around the kinds of services that those medical groups aren't able to, to, to provide to these patients and hopefully provide a much better care experience. You know, homelessness is oftentimes caused by healthcare issues, but homelessness often causes a number of healthcare issues. 
And so, you know, I think we've defined homelessness in this country as primarily a housing problem. Mm-hmm. And I would say you know, how you define a problem ultimately influences how you solve a problem. And I think it's been inadequately defined as a healthcare problem. And that's something that we are um, laser focused on trying to kind of bring to the fore as a potential access for a solution. So, you know, in insurance speak, we're running into adverse selection, literally trying to get in front of the sickest of the sick patients. California state government is doing some interesting things with homeless policy, including in the Medicaid program. How do you think about these policy solutions, Medicaid dollars for housing? So I think when you look at the, the total cost of care for people experiencing homelessness, you know, the RAF scores in Medicare Advantage from internal scan data is between 25 and 3. Mm-hmm. That's a PMPY of twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a year in medical expense. Oftentimes, really costly ER utilization and inpatient hospitalization are at the center of that. You know, add to that, you know, some of the Medicaid dollars that get mixed in here, and you're talking about, you know, potentially thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year of medical expense. Now, if we, as a society, were to think differently about that and say, could we use some of that to provide some transitional housing support? Could we use some of that to provide more intensive outpatient management, addiction services, mental health care? you get a lot more for your money than we're getting from just managing whatever shows up in the emergency room, which is how patients are cared for right now. Yep. Um, so I believe that the principles of managed care, whether be in Medicaid managed care or Medicare managed care, can really be levered to create a better deal for society. I mean, we're all writing this check. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, none of us, if we were writing this, this check with our own money, would would buy what we're buying for these folks right now. We'd be doing other things. And you know, I think we have an opportunity with some of the liberalization of uh, policies around social determinants of health and benefit design uh, to potentially create new products and solutions. And I'm, you know, I'm really excited that CMI, you know, our former employer, is potentially interested in this as well. And so, um, you know, we're I think we're part of a, a movement afoot to try to leverage, you know, these federal and state programs uh, to try to take better care of these patients and, frankly, get a better deal for for society. Yes, it will take all of these stakeholders working together, state agencies, CMS, private plans like SCAN. Really excited to see what comes out. Okay, last question. We have been asking this of all of our guests. What is the one thing you know now that you wish you knew when the ACA was passed back when you were advising CMS Administrator Don Berwick? Wow. Um, I wish I knew that the number one obstacle to transforming healthcare wasn't going to be payment reform, but that it was going to be leadership. I think I would have invested the last 10 years in building a leadership academy of sorts to build a next generation of leaders um, who are going to transform care. And to some extent, that's what I tried to do at CareMore. And you know, since I left, many of our alumni are now at kind of are, are now in kind of key leadership positions across the, the you know, innovative care space. But I think the number one opportunity we have is to create a set of leaders who are going to do the right things, say the right things, you know, when no one is looking. And I think right. um, that is uh, such an important part of our story. They're going to move beyond the incrementalism that I think is the culture of change and transformation in our industry and actually, you know, try to do the right thing more often than not. That's what I think I, I wish I knew. But I know it now. So um, <laughs> that's what the next decade is about. You heard it here, Sachin Jane, training leaders and saying yes. Sachin, thank you so much for joining us on the Medicare Meetup. 
If you want more information about our guest and Scan Health Plan, you can visit them online at scanhealthplan.com or follow Dr. Jane on Twitter at S-A-C-J-A-I. And be sure to tune in next week for our discussion with Mandy Bell, co-founder of the American Board of Telehealth and innovation officer with Avera eCare. Thanks so much. Awesome. Well, great to be with you. Well, that's it, listeners, for this week. Thank you for joining us for the Medicare Meetup. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to tell us. Share the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Arrera Health. That's A-U-R-R-E-R-A Health. If you have questions or thoughts about future guests, reach us at Medicare at ArreraHealth.com. Finally, before we go, have you hugged your Medicare loved one today? No? Do it now. Hugs are back. Medicare is destination health coverage. We all end up here if we're lucky. But isolation isn't the destination we want for ourselves or anyone we love. So reach out. Send a text or send mail. People love mail. And until next time, this has been Megan Melissa with your Medicare Meetup.